Hey, this is Casey Cordial, and you are listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to episode 67 of the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Fabio Molle. This week, I speak to Dr. Casey Cordial, a sports medicine chiropractor who works with Grigor Dimitrov and has worked with many other top tennis players and athletes. We talk about how he got into tennis, players he has worked with, what his role is in Team Dimitrov, looking for the 1% advantages and more. I love this episode. It's a great mix of tennis, medicine and positive attitude. But before we get started, if you missed our first ever free live webinar, don't worry, we have more coming up. Head to functionaltennis.com forward slash webinar to sign up. A shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger. If you have any Slinger bag questions, just send me a message. We're back in semi-lockdown here in Ireland and I'm loving the convenience of my Slinger bag. Great job, Slinger. Okay, let's talk to Casey. Welcome, Dr. Casey Cordial, to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much, Fabio, for having me on today. Excited to chat with you. I know I have to thank Mr. Jason Brown, who works a bit on your team, and he's told me I have to get you on the podcast. So thanks to Jason. Uh, Big shout out to him. But also, you're the first doctor we have on the show. So that's pretty cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, thank, thanks a lot, Jason. Jason is one of the best human beings I know on this planet. So always appreciate, uh, you know, when he connects good people and it's exciting to be on here. And I've obviously followed your podcast a lot. And I think you guys do a lot of great things for bringing the tennis game, the awareness out there and, and um, you know, providing great content. Thank you very much. And I've actually been following you while on Instagram. I know you're part of the Dimitrov team and I've seen some of the posts, but but maybe you can tell our listeners a bit about what you do and actually how you got into tennis. Okay, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll start with the how I got into it because that's for ways back. It's actually, uh, I think it's a pretty great story. I have two other brothers that are also in tennis and my brother Rory, he was the first one as a physio for Marty Fish and James Blake. And it was at a time where, you know, the players were starting to invest more time and money into their body with more of the physio route versus having just a trainer travel with them. And Marty, Marty was really, how he sought out Rory was kind of finding someone that could do both some of his physical training, but also the body work. So he could have kind of um, a two-in-one punch. And Rory was the perfect fit as his strength and conditioning background and then as a physio. So that's how Rory joined the tour. And then he finished James's career from there. And he really introduced my brother Clint and I into the tennis circuit as the younger Americans, such as Isner and Query and Sock started to come up and, you know, they see the value and the benefit of having someone travel with them and kind of elongate their career. It was a really, I guess it was a natural fit, you know, to recommend his brothers for these players that were looking, you know, for something similar. So Clint, uh, my brother Clint started with John Isner, gosh, maybe in 2012 or 13. And I mean, he's been with them ever since as his full-time guy. 
And my first uh, player that I started with was Sam Query right around the same time. Love Sam. And I have done it ever since. Clint has stayed with Isner. And I've gotten the opportunity to work with a bunch of different players because I got married and I started my practice. So, you know, the amount of time on the road, I was you know, limiting that. So traveling full time with a player didn't make sense at times while you're trying to grow a practice. So I really enjoyed how I did it. I would do kind of as needed weeks with certain players. And once you're in that environment, you get to know the players personally, you get to know the agents and it just worked out where a certain player may need a week or two or, you know, need to progress through an injury or this or that. And so I was able to fill a lot of those gaps for you know several years, and then and then kind of moving on to um, Grigor. That's that's kind of exactly how it started with him. I started a 2017 year with both Grigor and Stan Warinka in Australia. Yeah. Um, both of them were coming off injuries. Uh, Grigor, I met Grigor in Australia, and this is funny because he was one of those players in my mind that I was like, I really want to work with. I haven't worked with him yet, but I really want to work with this guy. You know? I can fix him. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even that. It was more like, this is just a good human, good athlete. Like, I, I, this, was, this was more like manifesting like, hey, that, at some point I want to work with this caliber of guy, you know? Yeah. And so Danny, his coach, called me and was like, hey, we're in we're in Florida, like not even sure if Grigor's going to play the first event. This was Brisbane because he was going through a knee injury. I didn't know what it was. He just said, hey, can you help? Um, and we'll meet you in Australia. And then the same with Stan was going through a knee, knee injury at the same time as well. So I showed up in Australia with these, couldn't be, you know, two different guys. Um, and we're in Brisbane and and uh, it was, you know, such a cool opportunity. Right away, Brisbane, I, uh, I, I helped Grigor kind of unlock what was going on in the knee. And then he ended up winning that tournament, um, the Brisbane tournament. So that was a great start to our relationship, obviously, because he wasn't even planning to possibly play that event. And then he was able to, you know, feel good and, and win that. And uh, Stan also did well he semied that that event and then so that was a busy first week for me and then the next uh tournament the australian open was really unbelievable because they both semi-finaled that event so it, it was the first time in my career where i was like wow i'm gonna i have the potential to have two guys in the final that'd be insane but, uh, you know, they both semi, they both had great semifinal matches. It was, uh, you know, a really cool experience. And, and um, that was really cool. So that's kind of my transition into tennis was kind of back to that question on what we do a little bit too is, you know, we're myself and my brother Clint are both chiropractors. Um, and my brother Rory is a physio. And my dad is also a physio. My sister's a massage therapist. It kind of runs in our family, but I think part of what we try to, you know, do really well is that blend of, you know, what the chiropractic profession does as far as um, the nervous system and the structure of the body. And then with the 
the physio realm of of the rehab and the activation and the and the muscles and how we can kind of incorporate the two so you know as a family unit we're just always trying to push each other learning from you know each other's backgrounds but we we really try to blend those two disciplines together and then uh, with the strength and conditioning backgrounds that we all have we're all former athletes and have you know post postdoctorate training in that those fields that we can we can either help take their training programs over or you know, be a really big compliment for the athlete to not feel like they're going to lose while they're on the road with a body worker or a physio type, you know, that they're not going to lose their fitness. And that would bring me into Sebastian Durand, who you've had on your show. Yeah, great guy. Really good guy. Who is unbelievable guy. He's, he's Grigor's fitness coach for, you know, 10 years, but he's, he's worked with the top players in both men's and women's tennis. And he is by far the best fitness coach I've ever seen or been around. And, you know, the relationship, the working and personal relationship we have is unbelievable, but working wise, the ability to coordinate, um, you know, I think what he would probably appreciate about me would be the ability to just trust that when I'm on the road with the, the weeks that he doesn't have to do, you know, on yeah. uh, the touring weeks that I'm, I'm understand what, what the progression is on a fitness level. I can implement his plan and we're not losing anything during, um, you know, tournament weeks. Okay. That's interesting. Cause one of my questions was, how do you guys work together considering I know your chiropractic background and your fitness background, your strength and condition, and I knew there was Sebastian on the team as well. So I was just curious to know how you guys all gel together. But it makes sense if Sebastian isn't traveling all the time. You're not traveling all the time, but there's always one of you there, I take it. Yeah, yeah, there's always one of us there that, you know, that can help push the fitness and um, and take care of the body, <laughs> you know. And with our team, specifically with Team Dimitrov, it, is, uh, everyone's really dialed in well. You know, we all we all have our specific roles, and 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 we all kind of blend those roles together. I think to to really push him, and he's the type of athlete that you know, Grigor's a feel guy, and like he he's really in tune with his his body and his surroundings. So uh, to have like a team dialed into him, I think is really important. Um, and then, you know, with, again, with Sebastian and, and, um, our, our other physio Al that is, is also amazing. I mean, he travels a lot of the European weeks that, that I'm, you know, off the road and yeah. So we all have a lot of good congruency together, I would say. And tell me just from you looking at being inside such a, a rich team and great player how essential is it for top guys to be traveling with somebody like you yeah i think i think it's pretty essential and and it's definitely has changed a a lot since i have started i think the younger players have all seen you know and watched other players pick up kind of these specific roles and, and see how the longevity of players and 
you know, the game, just the, the speed, the, everything just keeps going up, you know, and the forces on the body keep going up in a way. So to be able to recover from the pounding that they take day in and day out, I I think a lot of guys and women are, are, are just, it's almost, it's almost becoming a necessity. I'd say, I mean, more and more are, you know, traveling with the, the personal people and it's, it's tough because it's a big investment, but um, I think I think when you make that that investment in yourself, it's going to pay off, you know, tenfold down the road. And that's the buy-in some of these younger guys are are getting because, you know, like Marty and James, they they didn't do that until late in their career, but these other guys are doing it early, earlier and earlier in their career. And I really believe it's going to pay off for their, their longevity into their late thirties, you know, or, or wherever they choose, you know, versus, you know, the, the Agassi. you know, the early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Being forced to retire, they can make a decision to retire or they can yes, lengthen out their exactly. career and earn more because obviously if they're doing well, they can stay in the tour and that's we they can they reap the rewards. You'd hope. Exactly. So are you working with Grigor, like let's say he's playing French Open, Roland Garros, first round, I know you're not going to be there, but if you were there, are you working on before the match and after the match? Yes, um, I guess. So the question just take you through like how a typical day or yeah, pre-session would can. work. Yeah. Um, so we spend a ton of time together. Um, and, uh, but how typically like a, a normal day works, a, let's say a, a training session or match, but I mean, let's, let's just start with the training session would be, you know, I always, we get to the courts and Grigor and I will spend, or this, this is any athlete, you know, that I'm, that I'm with, um, would be, you know, I'll, I'll spend an hour with them before the practice and we'll start on the table and I tend to just go through their body joint by joint range of motion, a little bit of flexibility. I don't, I don't do a ton of stretching. Um, it's more range of motion to make sure the joints are, they have their normal range. And then we, so, so I focus more structure to start that alignment's good, that everything's pretty dialed in within, um, you know, the, the spine and joints. And then we go through an activation series. So I'll do a manual activation series on the table and then we start into an active, you know, where where you know the players starting to activate on their on their own on the table first, and then yeah, then we get up and when we start to move. So that's you know that's a full hour of of work before they even step on the court, and that's all prevention work. You know, it's activation, it's prevention, but it's it's specific things to them that that they need to do every day. You know to yeah to prevent little things. And, you know, for me, the biggest thing that I can do um, is educate them on why we're doing everything we're doing. You know, like we're investing this time now, so you don't have to deal with something later. But I found, I mean, if the player really understands what you're doing, why you're doing it, I mean, it's just a no brainer. They buy into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Grigor is the type that I mean, he knows his body so well. He feels it. It's, you know, it's, it's really easy with him because he can tell me, oh, I feel, he'll jump on the table and he'll be like, I oh, yeah, my, you know, my neck's off here, my <laughs> knees off here. 
and I'll laugh at him because I'll be like, you know, I will, I will kind of pretend like I'm not listening to him because I'm like, I'll find it if it's there. And then 99% of the time, like I'll find the same thing or, you know, so, somewhere close and, and he loves it because he'll be like, see. <laughs> that's, that's good. And tell me from your inside knowledge, do all the top players do something similar? Are they all working on this in- injury prevention stuff every day before they play? Yes. Yeah. Across the board, that's happening, I would say, um, for sure. And some will be a little different than others, but um, yeah, everyone's going to start. Because I, I, I wondered what maybe younger people or fans would think, because a lot of times they see players just walk out on the court and start playing, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, they, I, I can see that they could be like, well, what do they have a warm up? What are, are they just kind of jump on the court? And, you know, for a lot of amateur players, that's how they do it. And these professionals, you know, no way. They'll spend the hour before getting ready and then then practice starts, you know. So that's the investment into their prevention um, before even starting. And, you know, when Sebastian's with me or with us, you know, I'll spend my time. Then I then I pass him off to him. Then he'll, you know, do even more, you know, if, if we want to if we want to load the body in, in any certain way, you know, Sebastian will go through the warm up that way. And then, yeah, so then there's practice and, and, uh, you know, post practice, we generally, you know, we'll do another kind of reestablishing normal range, you know, especially if it's a, you know, a difficult practice or a long practice where the body will start to stiffen up. So, you know, reestablish range of motion right away and, and kind of initiate that recovery process. And then we focus a, a ton on, you know, the proper fuel, right? You know, recovery starts right away after the session for me. And how can we best recover for, you know, the next day or the next session in that day? So that includes, you know, the hydration, the fuel, the rest, the body, prepping the body to begin its recovery process through, the nervous system through the circulation and then you know we we prepare for the next session so is that is the day over then we you know we'll we'll break and we'll have treatment later on and then treatment can i mean that that ranges from i mean the time can be all over the place it just depends on what they need you know so there's never really a set time for that and Tell me, just coming back, you talk about after practice, uh, you begin the healing process. What foods do you recommend or what do you recommend tennis players to take after tough sessions so they can be ready for the next day? And especially older guys who the recovery is a bit harder. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And this is where it, the answer is it depends because it's different for everybody. So one of the things that I'm really passionate about is really optimizing an athlete's body chemistry and what they put in their body. So how we do that um, is to identify first like which, which foods and chemicals and additives are do and are creating inflammation in their body. So through lab testing, we can identify what causes this inflammation burden because as we know, exercise is a is you know creates inflammation, which is a it's a it's a good stress on the body. So 
the body right away post exercise is going to go through its natural inflammatory response and and that's a good thing we just want to kind of help control that so that's kind of what i mean by the prepping the body and, and moving it through this beginning recovery process i don't want to shunt the body's natural response but when we begin the fueling regimen i don't want to put something in the body that's going to create more inflammation so it's really identifying okay which foods are are good and bad for this this individual first and then the second kind of thing that i tap into on a kind of a biochemistry or physiologic role is it's another lab testing where we we identify which nutrients, which minerals, uh, which, you know, say amino acids. We, we understand the physiologic role in the body on where they may not be absorbing certain things, whether that's a macronutrient or are they deficient in a basic vitamin or mineral. And then we want to be really specific in the food we give them to replenish those nutrients if that makes sense so obviously before you work with an athlete you're doing all these tests or when you start working with you doing all these tests so you can figure out what's good for them and what's not good for them and what gives the best reaction yes exactly and tell me do you use glucose monitors uh not yet but that is that's funny yeah that's something i'm testing on myself right now um that's that's a really big interest of mine is is um is kind of those continuous glucose monitors. Um, and because how I view a lot of the nutrition is, is, is working on avoiding these spikes and crash, these, these strong insulin levels that are up and down, you know? And so how I generally, you know, kind of talk about nutrition is, is with the athlete is to naturally avoid those, but, the next step is to use these these continuous glucose you know levels, and so the athlete can see, okay, this is where I'm spiking. This is how I'm you know I'm up and down, up and down. But yeah, currently I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm kind of testing that on myself first. But that is yeah that I think that's that's another step forward. But right now, yeah, I test I, you know I test a bunch of athletes to help kind of create this plan in a sense these are where you know your deficiencies are on a on a physiologic level because you have to have your you know your cells you know have to be primed the to be able to to move through just basic chemical reactions and if you're missing that um, those cofactors then you're not optimized so we can be really specific on targeted supplementation at times. But the biggest thing is these are the foods you need to eat more that have these, say, four nutrients that you're low in. And what's really interesting on these panels is that not all good things are created equal for everyone. So let's say we want to we want to assume we want to push like this I'll, I'll just give you an exa- a couple examples on um, a professional soccer player I just had tested, who was a vegan, and she had she had she was having some gut problems, and there like, right, we need to figure out you know are you absorbing well are you where your just where your status is and you know we found out her first on her food panel the the top two things were 
were um, bra- or no, it was uh, sorry, spinach or kale, not spinach, kale and tofu. Two of the things she was eating every day, right, and and presumed healthy for her. And then we found, you know, where she was lacking a lot of the, you know, the amino acid profile and and the vitamins. So we we just shifted her, you know, where she's getting her protein, and then where where she's getting her dark greens. You know, we just shifted that over, and her skin cleared up, her gut problems cleared up, you know, like really quickly, but. So that's where it gets confusing, I think, for athletes where they're like, I think I'm eating healthy. And it's not just athletes, right? This is everybody too. Everybody, yeah. I, I think I'm eating healthy, but I still don't feel good. And it's, um, that's tough to process. But what, where we're at now with personalized nutrition and medicine is we can test all this stuff and, and we can make dramatic improvements. Yeah, I agree with you. And I personally think not enough athletes are doing this. It's a, it's a competitive advantage, especially now when not everybody's doing it. Totally agree. And it means you can get more out of your body day in, day out. And obviously it's expensive. It's it's not the cheapest thing in the world. Even like I know a glucose monitor, I've looked into it myself, but unless you obviously have a diabetes problem, you have to pay for it. And all these things add up. So but I think professional athletes are investing in their career. I think it's part of that investment is this health side of things. This podcast is brought to you by ASICS Tennis. ASICS is a Japanese company founded in 1949 with the purpose of giving more people the opportunity to experience how sport and movement can have a positive impact on mental well-being. That purpose is also in their name. ASICS is an acronym which means Anime Sano Incorporate Sano, a Latin phrase meaning sound mind, sound body. Today, the brand is still dedicated to that founding belief of demonstrating the positive effects sport and movement can have on our mental well-being all over the world. They just launched their most innovative tennis range ever, which includes the new Court FF3 Novak, the shoe designed from the ground up with the help of Novak Djokovic. Get your pair now at asics.com. But Dr. Casey, what about sleep? Do you monitor sleep on these athletes? I do. Sleep is really, really important for me as well. And the more important thing is just the conversation around sleep and creating good sleep routines, you know, that, that help prepare the body for sleep and, and understanding the circadian rhythm and how, how that works from time zone to time zone. And we, we do use sleep trackers, um, at time we use, you know, whether it's, you know, the, yeah, the aura ring we use, or there's, um, the whoop, yep. The different Fitbits are okay too. You know, there's a lot of sleep trackers that work, but but I do like the aura ring a lot for sleep and the whoop. Um, and that sleep's one of the biggest, biggest things. And especially with athletes that, um, you know, it, it's sometimes it's difficult pre-match, you know, when you have a little bit of anxiety at night. And so, so dialing into um, a routine that you can rely on, I have found really helps you know, the consistency of getting good sleep. Um, but as far as the recovery process, it's, I think one of the most important things. Sometimes if we finish really late, I will forego, you know, certain things in the treatment process to make sure we get sleep, you know, it's. But these guys, like we all know how hard to sleep after, like, let's say a, a tough bit of exercise late at night, if you're not used to it, 
their adrenaline must be buzzing like at one in the morning. I, I, I don't know how they, you know, you could say they're so tired from it, but it must take them a while to come down and actually be able to close the, their eyes. Yeah, so exactly. And so what the focus on those type of situations are is to shift the ner- the nervous system. How can we get you from, you know, where you were ended in kind of a sympathetic state and push you over to a parasympathetic state? And so how how I do that is through breathing techniques and also through a technology called NuCalm, which is it's a binaural beat technology that I think is is unbelievable, but it it has the ability to push the brain into a theta wave state and it's like instant relaxation. So it's a way to then take you out of that fight or flight mode and it just pushes you over to parasympathetic. And uh, yeah, it's super powerful and it's just a way, okay, now I can, now my body's ready to heal. And, you know, we utilize that a lot in the sense of... Um, uh, you, you know, for I use that uh, in my clinic. I use that with all my athletes in the sense, you know, how can we how can we recover better? You know, I'll use it. I'll use it for sleep. I'll use it for yeah treatment. I'll use it for anxiety. All kinds of things just to create that shift in the nervous system. Can parents use it? Absolutely. Well, last topic on sleep. And you mentioned circadian rhythm. How do you deal with, let's say, Grigor traveling from Miami straight down to Brisbane, start of the year? I know they're traveling throughout the year. They're always breaking time zones. How can you prepare an athlete for big time zone changes? Yeah, one of the best ways is the new calm, actually. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah, this, this thing is, is pretty impressive that way. You know, you can use it on the flight. You use it when you're, you know, first land because um, it's a way to, uh, again, the technology is pretty amazing because it kind of just puts you in that state so your body's able to rest. But you don't, you know, you can do that naturally too through meditation. So you don't necessarily have to have this this app to be able to create these changes. So with that said is, you know, I think meditation, breathing, and creating that sense of calmness in your body when you're shifting time zones and and resetting is really important. And as far as circadian rhythms go, it's, you know, it's getting into that time zone and getting out into the sunlight right away. You know, when you change those zones and say you land in the morning, you need to feel that morning sun where you're at, even if it's you're upside down where you were at, you need to force yourself to be out in the sun your body needs to feel that like the grounding of the earth you need to you know you need to move right away move the body and then then generally it would be okay now you can rest a bit and then in the evening you need to go back outside again see the sun going down which helps your rhythm your, your natural circadian rhythm start preparing for sleep you know the melatonin will start releasing but and and the you know again the negative ions from the earth like you're outside like I mean your body has that innate ability to um, switch over but you have to kind of put yourself in that position and a lot of that is I, I feel like you know being outside when the sun's up 
being outside as the sun's setting, um, and then going right into your normal sleep routine and being consistent with that. And, you know, just trying to push through those couple, those first couple days, you know, like where you're not, you're not sleeping during your normal sleep time. You know, you're, you're, you're staying awake, but you're staying awake in a healthy way. You're drinking water, you're moving your body and, you know, you're using some of these techniques to kind of create some stillness and calmness in the body while you can, you know, and, and the, and on the tennis side, and, and that's kind of, advice i would say for any traveler but then you know on the tennis side is is getting them you know safely to be able to go exercise when they're fatigued you know that's always you know a risk when they're coming off they're tired and then they get on the court but it's good for them to get out and move and and then just yeah reset their their system as fast as we can yeah interesting i just put new cam into my brows here, but I was already on the website. Now I remember one of the coaches I was talking to him about because it's actually quite a few tennis players using this system. That there's a bit of ray, like there's a lot of them. Not a lot, yeah. but quite. I don't know the exact numbers, but he'd come. He'd said to me, "I'll oh, check out this new system," and this is it. But I think for most uh, for most juniors, younger players, it's it's quite an expensive system. So I I'd, I'd stick until they can probably. Moving up the rankings, I'd stick to probably a bit of meditation initially. Yeah, so the the Newcom is expensive, but they they are coming out with a kind of a monthly subscription or a, a more consumer based model here soon. It has been a more clinical model in the past, but I I think that'll be maybe in the next quarter or so um, if okay. if I'm right, you know, talking with their team. So yeah. I keep my eye on it, and if it's affordable for our listeners, I'll I'll talk more about it. But what other athletes, Casey, tennis athletes? Before we move on to some other athletes, have you worked with? Yeah, tennis specific. Um, I should have wrote a list down. It's it's been a few, but you know, a lot of the Americans, Query, Sock. I've I've helped you know my brother with Isner at times. Jeannie Bouchard. Did I see Serena Williams on your website? Yep, Serena's great. You know, her and Grigor are good friends, so always try to spend time with her on the road at some of the combined events. So oftentimes, you know, I'll I'll help her with things going on um, as we're, you know, kind of in the same places. I, I've never formally traveled with her, but she's one of, you know, the most special athletes I've worked with because of her mindset and her ability to, you know, want to get better, want to do whatever it takes. Um, and yeah, she's, she's always a treat to work with. And I just want to touch on something else here. Jason Brown says, you got to ask him, you got to ask him about Dave Goggins. And I was like, who's Dave Goggins? So I researched it and I saw this book, which I actually have in my Amazon wish list. I haven't got around to buying it yet, but it's in there. Tell the listeners about Dave Goggins, who has this multi- one of the best sellers in the state. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, David is David's and he's a superhuman. First of all, and you should definitely get his book. Yeah, you, I think you'll really enjoy it. But the, he's he's a very inspirational human being. And I mean, my my kind of story with him or connection with him was was has been really. What's the right like? I don't know if serendipitous is the right word, but like it's uh, kind of crazy how it's uh, it's come together. But I bought his book. You know, I was I was looking at it last year, 
actually in Rome, the Rome tournament, I was like, oh, this looks like a good book. You know, could use some inspiration. So I, I, I remember buying his book and I think I started listening to it before one of uh, Grigor's matches. And after the match, uh, I, I walk into the, the, I'm on site, I walk into the restaurant and there's David Goggins. And I'm like, what the hell? I, yeah, it was, it was just too weird. Um, so, you know, I went up and just introduced myself and said, hi. And I was like, what are you doing in Rome? You know, I just, and, and, uh, it's like, it literally just bought, it was just listening to your book. And we had kind of a fun conversation because we had a connection with Montana. Uh, he asked where I was from and, uh, he's, he, you know, he's like, I, I help out the smoke jumpers. I do some wildlife firefighting out of Montana. So anyways, we had, you know, a pretty fast connection and I ended up seeing him a few times throughout the year. And then, um, this, when COVID hit this year, he contacted me and, and asked if I was going to be in Montana and it was right after March and everyone was back home. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And he had, you know, a, a knee problem going on and it's hilarious. Cause he talks about, he's like, yeah, my knee's pretty bad. And, uh, like, well, you know, are you taking time off? Like, what's your schedule? And and he's like, oh, I've been taking any time off. And and the listeners have to look him up because he he just his his mind says ability to push his mind is is incredible. So, anyways, he he ended up coming up to Montana, and we spent um, the whole summer together rehabbing and working on his knee. And yeah, we also had. We had a little training block with Ali Long, one of the U.S. national team players, came up and worked out with us too, which was a lot of fun. So uh, I think he he enjoyed his time up in Montana, and I enjoyed the time probably more because he's a very special human being. What did you learn from him? Now, before you say that, for those, for I don't know too much with Dave Goggins. Apart from me, is this like the, one of the best-selling books in the states? He's he's ran so many of these ultra marathons, and he's won them as well. What sort of distance are the runs that he does? Yeah, it, it's all over the map. I mean, ultra runs will be usually what he does is over hundred mile runs, but uh, he's done he's done longer um, and. What is pretty exciting um, is he has this, he has a 240 mile race that he's going to do coming up um, October 9th, actually. And I'm really excited about that because I'm going to be part of his crew and going to help pace uh, a section or two of that, which, you know, could be between 15, 20, 30 plus miles, which I don't really know what I'm getting myself into, except that. Are you on a bike or running? No, I'm running. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, that was the transition. It was, you know, I mean, he went from, he couldn't move, you know, he was going to retire as he was like pretty trashed at this, um, this spring. And it was a lot of fun because he, he had never really done the stuff that we were doing together. And, and I, I think he, he liked how his body started feeling and then he put his, his goal and his eyes back on, you know, this ultra running and he made the, he made the decision to run this race, uh, mentally when I told him not to do it, that's not a good idea. (laughs) 
because he only had a couple months to get ready for it. And I, I think that's how the guy's brain works is that, okay, this, I can't, I can do this, you know, against all odds. And, you know, on a personal level, you know, I started, I started training with him in a sense where, where I could hang, you know, cause he was doing nothing. I was like, well, all right, I can start working out with you while you're doing nothing. <laughs> and then it got to the point where it was like, who's, who's, who's helping who in a way, you know, I was taking care of his body okay. and then he was, he was pushing me and it was, it was like, yeah, it was one of the probably best experiences of my life in the sense that like, I haven't been pushed mentally or physically as hard as I have that he did, you know, for those, those couple of like real training months we had. Um, I mean, I literally thought I was going to die at times. What is the one takeaway you've learned from Dave? I'm going to ask the same one about Dimitrov as well, but let's go with Dave first. With Dave is, is David, it's, it's not to not be afraid of failing, um, to, to put yourself out there and that you can do so much more than you think you can do. And if you fail, that's okay. You, you kind of re you analyze and, and you do it better next time. And you listen to his story and the guy has been so successful in so many areas, but he has never done it right. The first time he's just never quit. He comes back to it and does it again and does it again and does it again. And, uh, you know, that was very inspirational to me. Um, and I think anyone that feels like, oh, you have to do it the right, right the first time, like sometimes you don't, you don't even let yourself try if that's your mindset. So yeah, getting out of your, your own way a little bit and just um, going for it is one of the top things. And, you know, with, with, with Grigor, it's um, Grigor's work ethic is, you know, the, probably the top I've been around in the, or, or it is in the tennis and his ability to, you know, put in work day in and day out on his body and wanting to get better and his mindset of wanting to um, improve his body and, and his mind, however he can, like the little bits, um, the percentages, because at the level he's playing at, it's, the talent is there across the board for those guys, you know? So it's, how do you, how do you improve the 1%? And that's what I love about his team is that that's what we're trying to uncover. You know, like all these guys are so good, but how can you get a little better and what do you need to do each day? Um, and he's, he's really open to that and he's open to, you know, the, the team helping him with that because no one, you know, no one, does that well on their own you know you, i think you really got to have a team of people that that support and care about you and want to push you to get better and bring new ideas to the table because you're not going to learn everything you're not going to know everything yourself exactly and having a team that's willing to listen to new ideas you know and and not just stay in the old or, or what may have worked in the past, you know, that what worked in the past may not be what's working now. So you got to adapt and evolve. Exactly. And going to end this with, but what's the best time you've had on the tennis tour? Any, what's the most fun time or your most memorable moment? Apart from that intro of getting to set two players in the semis, of the Aussie open doesn't get better than that. Obviously I think, 
Grigor winning the tour finals. That was a really special moment to be be a part of. I'd, I'd never, I hadn't been to the London uh, or the finals before. That was that was a great week. And then, but for me, probably was uh, the Labor Cup. You know, being part of the Team Europe. Uh, it was, you know, when it when it was in sh- Chicago. So you're the U.S. guy on the Team Europe team in Chicago. How much abuse were you getting? It was so funny, yeah, having Sock and Isner and those guys there. And I'm kind of, I'm on this European team. And it was, um, you know, being around a guy like Borg that I'd never spent time with, obviously before, because he's not around much, but to see, kind of see him interact with the players and then, and also see the players interact with each other in a team atmosphere was was really cool because I came from team sports, you know, so to see these individual competitors kind of come together um, was a lot of fun. And for me personally, you know, I was, um, I think I I was the only uh, Cairo there, the only sports medicine guy that any of the players brought. So it was a lot of fun because I kind of was able to help all the guys out um, and it was, it's funny, the, the story I'll share that, cause I was so nervous with Roger comes up to me and, uh, was like, can you tape my ankles? And I'm like, uh, this is right before the match. I'm like, yeah, yeah of course. I'm just going to say sure. But in my head, I'm like, I haven't taped an ankle in like three years. And <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Um, can figure this out, but it was, I, you know, so I, I taped them and, uh, and I was nervous cause I'm like, okay, this is gotta make sure I'm not going to give them a tape cut or something. But, but, uh, I, I taped them perfect. Um, Great. and I, because if I didn't, I want to, you know, let them go out there, but it was, it was kind of one of those, uh, it was a fun moment, but you know, being able to work on him a little bit, like Novak and Sasha and, Fan, like all those guys were so, so much fun to be around and kind of being a part of Grigor's team. I mean, I've got to know the European guys a, a lot better and yeah, it's been, it's been a really cool experience. Um, you know, culturally being, being around a lot of those guys. And it must be quite like it's what's, what's the word, uh, intimate because you know, you're one-on-one with the, the players, be it male or female. So you get to know them a bit better and, you know, you probably find out more about them than if you're just on court with them. Yeah, exactly. You do. Which leads to better relationships. Exactly. Yep. Finally, Casey, how can our audience find out more about you? Uh, reach out to me on my website is www.drcordial.com um, or on Instagram. Uh, my handle is, is also drcordial. That's drcordial. Um, don't have a lot of content on the Instagram yet, but that is coming. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Casey, that was amazing to get your side of the tennis world. And it's pretty impressive because not enough times we don't hear about that. As you say, a lot of people think it's the guy just shows up in the tennis court. Has he warmed up? Has he not warmed up? They don't know what goes on behind the scenes and how these guys are gaining the competitive advantage and how they're staying healthy. So thanks for taking the time out to share your story with us. Yeah, no, thank you, Fabio. And let's hopefully we can talk again soon. Great. Thank you. 
I hope you found that chat with Casey interesting. It's great to see how the pros at the top of the game operate and chat to the people like Casey who are a huge part of the team. I'll be back next week. And until then, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, make the most out of the last of the summer sunshine. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm envious of your impending summer. Goodbye. Goodbye.